when one sees a wet floor sign, there's a couple of thought processes that might occur. One might think, oh, I'll be careful. Another might think, how long has this sign been out? It looks dry to me. Another might think, whoever was cleaning missed the spot. And then regardless of this thought process and seeing the sign or hearing the warning, sometimes a person still slips. Within my first six weeks at Raleigh Court, there was a group hike led by Chad and Liz Heddleston, I believe to Roaring Ren Falls. Yep, great, it was there. And since I arrived in the middle of the pandemic, hiking felt like a good way to get to know some people. And as we approached the waterfall, someone called out a warning, most likely Chad, saying the rocks around here are slippery. Now, I am a person who is cautious. I am only brave on slippery surfaces when they are ice and I have my ice skates on me. So I moved slowly and then it happened. I went down. Suddenly I was now sitting in the same spot I had just been standing. I'd heard the warning. I had tried to be cautious, but still here I was on the ground. And in telling the story, I'm really hoping no one else remembers me falling from that day because it clearly still haunts me. But the point is we can slip for any number of reasons. It's much easier than we expect. We can slip on a wet floor, we can slip up and tell a lie. We can shout a warning for someone else thinking that the warning doesn't apply for ourselves. And at times our own hubris can cause us to slip up. The townspeople in the story of Mark knew something about slipping up. They had pushed one of their own to the outskirts of town. They didn't know what to do with him, this one who was possessed, who could break every chain, who was convinced by this demon to harm himself. A big chunk of this passage is spent telling us just how wild this man is and how much of a problem the demon within him is causing him. So Jesus crosses the Galilee Sea and is met by this man in agony. And he, Jesus goes to send the evil out of him, but the demon replies, do not torment me. Do not send me out of this country. The evil asks to remain in the same geographical location as where it is presently. And it makes me wonder, perhaps the evil that is possessing this man was in the town long before it entered the man. Now that the evil was just in this man, the townspeople no longer had to deal with the evil in their area. No longer was it an eyesore. There were not daily reminders of the evil and the sin around them. All this evil was simply in one man who was kept on the outskirts of town away from everyone else, out of sight and out of mind. The man was a convenient scapegoat for the town's conscience. Because the man is not in this state because of his own sins, but instead because of the sins of the community that he now carries in his body. He carries more than any one person should carry because as the evil itself calls itself, it is legion, many. It makes me uncomfortable and perhaps it makes you uncomfortable too to think about a place having its own sort of evil, its own sin. It's uncomfortable to think 
about those within an area pushing all of their sin into one person or into one part of their place so that they don't have to deal with it. But I think about how our neighborhood came to be, about how Raleigh Court came into being, and I can see how a place might just have sin built into it. Our part of the city was annexed from Roanoke County in 1919 with deeds stipulating that lots could not be sold to Syrians, meaning Jewish people or black people. And while those stipulations have come and gone, our city planning has allowed for different parts of the city to hold different reputations. For us to be able to ignore the homelessness in the city unless we go to Towers or we go into Southeast. City planning allows for us when we hear of violence of the city to know that more often than not, it is not in our zip code. A place can have its own evil. A place can have its sin baked into it. But then there's also what Jesus does. So Jesus casts the legion out of the man. Legion enters the swine in the nearby fields, and once the swine are possessed by the demon, they do not know what to do other than to hurl themselves into the sea so that they can drown. And the people finally come out of their town to see what is happening. I imagine these people sitting in cafes, which I know weren't really a thing back then, but imagine with me. So they're sitting in their cafes, overlooking this great hill, taking in the beautiful vista, and then they notice and ask one another, is that, do you, do you are those pigs running off the hill into the sea? And curiosity takes over, and they have to come running out to see the sight, and that's when they notice the man, the one once possessed, now sitting there with Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And then the fear kicks in. This man is healed. And the townspeople, rather than being filled with joy that this man has been restored to this community, are afraid. The evil has been revealed. There isn't anyone else to slip up. The evil has nowhere else to hide. The evil is now their problem to confront. We, as people, meaning all of humanity throughout all of history, well, we have found ways to push the inconvenient truths out of sight and out of mind. We've yelled about the wet floor as a warning for someone else while making an effort to ensure they slip and not us so that our lives can stay comfortably the same for us. But here's the thing. We're all going to slip we're all going to have those moments where God reveals to us the gap between the way things are and the way God longs for them to be. God calls on God's people from the very beginning to care for the orphan and the alien and the widow, to take care of those who don't have anyone else who will take care of them, to care for the vulnerable and the downtrodden and the outcast. That's God's refrain all throughout the Old Testament the same refrain that Jesus picks up in his own language for us to love one another. And there comes a moment when we hear that call echoed in our own lives. The healed man hears the fear of his town, 
And so he asks if he can leave and get out. But he's told to stay among his community. It's a surprising command, stay here. After all, Jesus calls his first disciples with a come and follow me. There's an element of leaving in that calling. And yet in this calling, Jesus tells the man to stay. Follow me and stay where you are. Keep telling these people about the mighty works I have done. This man who once did not have a place in this community has been given a call to this community, given a task that only he can help with as he is the one who has witnessed the saving work of Jesus. And just as Jesus' call to his first disciples echoes our calling as disciples today, so too does this one. Sometimes our call is far away. We as a church are in, in partnership and relationship with schools in Lorivor, Haiti, and in South Sudan. And we are called to be in relationship with those places, just as we are called to be in relationships with the places around the corner from us. That's how the Hunger Mission Backpack Program became to be. Congregants in a Sunday school class learned about how many children were hungry in Roanoke, and soon a backpack food program began to support two of our elementary schools, and this year, one of our middle schools. That's also why we're collecting items for the West End Center, so that students might have what they need when school begins again. This call is also why over 20 of our youth in just a few weeks will spend three of their days serving in their hometown. Our youth will learn about the evil and the sin and the injustices of home, and we'll confront it in the ways that we can, helping our mission partners in a multitude of ways, landscaping, reading with kids at the West End Center, peanut butter and jelly sandwich making at the rescue mission, not going to be as big and as dramatic as Jesus sending the evil into a herd of swine who then run into the sea. But this is our human way of answering Jesus's call, our human way of confronting the sin that exists, our way that offers an alternative where we are not keeping ourselves at a distance from the evil, but instead, we are sharing the mighty acts of Jesus by serving exactly where we are. Follow me and stay. Those are Jesus' words. We are all going to slip up. We will not follow Jesus with our whole hearts every day, nor will we get everything right. But there isn't a test that comes with discipleship. There's just an invitation that keeps calling throughout our lives. Follow me and stay. So may we hear it today and do so. Amen.